Hi everyone and welcome to Dr. Mommy Speaks podcast. Today's episode is related to a modern age parenting style. Now kids mean the world to us. We can move mountains only so our little ones feelings aren't hurt. But what to do when someone else is hurting your child's feelings? How to make your child strong enough to stand for himself and accept his own strengths and flaws just as they are? That's what today's episode is all about. About being different, either by appearance or in terms of likes and dislikes, and not caring about what the world thinks. For this discussion, I'm joined by the author of a renowned children's book, Made by Rafi, which is published in eight languages and in eleven countries. Our guest is an internationally known singer, song stylist, actor, and an author. His popular series, more than a seasonal thing, and my heart don't skip a beat, are heard in radio stations around the world. Please welcome author, actor, and singer Craig Pomeranz. Hi, Craig. Thank you for coming to the show. No, it's a it's a pleasure. Glad we could make it. So your book uh, is inspired by true life incidents, which is the story of a little boy who likes to knit and sew. At first, he's teased for his hobby well, because it's unconventional, but in the end, he becomes a hero to his class. Can you tell us something more about the character of Rafi? Who can relate to it, and how did it come into being? Well, I think what's so interesting about uh, having put this book out was uh, I had forgotten how empowerful or how powerful books are in our memories as children. And uh, I learned differently once the book came out. So this book was based on an actual incident with my godson, whose name is Rafi, and uh, where he, um, he was feeling different from the other kids because he didn't like a lot of noise. He didn't, wasn't really into sports and he found it very calming to sit down and knit when he learned to knit from one of his teachers. Uh, so this, you know, and, and uh, one time he was spending the night and he was like un, a little anxious and I asked him what was wrong. And he said to me that he was feeling different and the kids were saying, dude, and really loud and noisy. And, and then he paused and he said to me, is there such a thing as a Tom girl? Totally shook me in, in, a, in a way because I was thinking, there is no real word Tom girl, right? But tomboy yeah. is kind of an accepted term now. And it's like this idea that a girl as a tomboy is like, she's, she's assertive and it's good for her and she's athletic, all these sort of positive things. But the minute he said Tom girl, it feeded this negative idea, which um, says so much to me about uh, the problem that girls have growing up with this immediate negative idea. What, why is feminine a negative idea? So. Uh, the the fascinating thing to me about book the book once I wrote it was how it encompassed so many different ideas in it in this one little book that I think are important issues for uh, for parents and for children. Absolutely, I mean, as a mother of two kids, I am always worried about how will I be able to inculcate concepts as these that you know it's not important to fit in a particular set of characteristics that the society has set you can be anything you want you can do anything you like but that's uh, enough for us adults to understand how do we impart that into our kids 
I think it's important. I, I totally agree. And I, I think it's important. There are two things that I think are really important. One is that we, I think intellectually, we understand that our kids should, as early as possible, try on different skins, you know, try different things, try, you know, that's how they can become a whole human being. That's how they can learn empathy for someone who is not like them. Uh, and so that's, I think, a major part of what there's so many things, but that's one major thing. The other thing is that I think that we live in a world where there's this hyper protection of children. And I think that we forget that you cannot and should not protect your children from everything. That you, that, uh, you want to protect your kids from any violence, that's for sure. But, but you know, they, they have to have experiences on their own and they can't, if you protect them from everything, then they don't get those same experiences and they don't learn what they themselves are able to handle individually and to, to become a person on their own. Absolutely. You know, if uh, this is actually a mom's trait and I can vouch for this, then mothers actually tend to run to rescue their kids, be it anything, either from bullying, if at all it's happened in front of the mother or if the kid falls or anything, we just don't want our kid to get hurt. But in the end, in the long run, what we're trying to do, what we actually end up doing is uh, making our child depend on us a lot. And at some point, the child will not turn out to be an independent human being because he's not had an exposure to all these different kinds of experiences that life had to offer. Right. I mean, you can't, I mean, life is not, life is not perfect and life doesn't, you know, there's, there's, and also the, I think it's important to understand that you, in order to live, a, uh, have a well-lived life, you have to engage with other people. You have to engage with the world around you. You can't just sort of live in a bubble. And, uh, and, and then when, if you live in a bubble for a long time, when it's burst, that causes much more damage. Um, but yeah, it's, I think that we, it's true. And especially emotionally, I mean, I, in, in one case, I remember specifically talking to parents who were saying they're totally, they're very much into gender neutral parenting, right? Which is just allowing their kid to do and be who they are as long as they can, but they were doing it at home. So they were set, for instance, so they had a little boy who occasionally liked to wear his mother's high heels, you know, and they said, oh, that's fine. It's that, that happens and it's no big deal, which is true. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, you put on your mother's high heels. It's not, that's no explanation of who you're going to be in the long run. But right. then they said to the child, they said to the child, you know, something, but don't do that outside the house. And I had to say to these parents, but now you're, now you're doubling down on what you're trying to change. Now you're saying something's wrong with it. And they didn't realize that. They were thinking, no, 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 we're trying to, we're not encouraging him, but we're trying to sort of help him. I said, no, because what you're doing is you're saying it's a secret. You're saying you can only do it here. You're saying you have to hide something. And you're saying there's something wrong with this idea. And it's a very complicated issue for parents. Absolutely. Uh, it seemed like the parents you're talking about were confused about gender neutral parenting to begin with. And they transferred on that confusion to the child. Like, you know, imagine what the poor child would be in, in what state of mind as to what is he supposed to do? Yeah, exactly. What, how are they going to make that decision? Yeah. Right. I mean, one of the things that um, <clears throat> I wanted to broach with you was uh, this idea that that's uh, um, really important to me because I think we talk a lot about these days uh, girls and STEM, you know, and, and learning and, and trying to get girls to be more, uh, to deal with more STEM. And, and I think that it's interesting. I, I always, I always like to sort of quote Gloria Steinem. Um, and uh, she had once said, 
um, and I'll paraphrase, I don't know if it's exact, we've begun to raise daughters more like sons, but few have the courage to raise our sons more like daughters. So and I, quote that, I quote that because the, the inference is what's important there. And this is because the girls sort of already arrive with this negative idea, like, well, we're a girl and that's a negative thing. Or like, and the whole thing of like uh, Tom, Tom girl being that it's already in like, why is, why is feminine a negative word? I, I it's, it's a, I've been trying to write a, a children's book about that, the difference between feminine and masculine and why, why one is more dominant and why one is negative and one is positive. And it's, it's hard. It's really hard to discern why that's happened and how to change that. Um, because there should not, feminine shouldn't be negative. Feminine masculine should be equal, you know, and uh, and that's a real issue in our world. Absolutely. Um, uh, now, young children, they are bullied for almost anything when they're amongst their peers and parents won't even realize that. And at times, it's solely on the basis of the child's physical appearance. And it all stems from the households they reside in and the thought process that their parents harbor. I feel more than the children, the bullies who engage in such hurtful behavior, it's their parents who are responsible uh, that their children have ended up being a bully in the first place. What are your thoughts on this? Well, it's, it's funny because a number of people who have written me about the book say that they recognize their child in the book uh, as the bully. And I, I was surprised mm. by that, but it was yeah. interesting. Um, and I don't know, um, I think that my, my preference of understanding with what I'm trying to say with the book is that if we can help our child, our children become more whole people, then they don't become victims of bullying. If they understand that, if they can find, they can find the empathy to understand, I don't know why this other kid um, is so upset because I'm doing something they don't do. Like well, that's, they have an issue. If we can figure out a way to help a child sort of say, you know, I'm, I'm okay, this is what I do, especially because usually bullying comes from just misunderstanding. Um, in the case of uh, Rafi, my godson, um, people made fun of him because in, to, to calm himself down, he started knitting and sewing. And uh, they were like, well, that's a girly thing to do, which of course already I'm saying, well, what's a girly thing? <laughs> I don't know what that right. means. You know, <laughs> They're like, actually so perceived that only girls are into such creative little things. So yes, yeah. girly and, thing. And also, when you think that the most famous designers in the world are all men. So it's like- Yeah, you know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And even the chefs, most of the chefs, hoteliers are men. So I don't seem to understand that you are actually breaking gender stereotypes at one place and then making them at another place when you want to raise kids what is with the society now yeah how did that where's that transfer is a very interesting right. yeah i actually my my sequel to made by rafi was uh rafi rafi bakes so this is my sequel. oh yeah but yeah <laughs> the, the thing is that he uh that um i'm losing my train of thought when he was uh oh they, but the thing is when and in the book it, it happened in real life and that is that that at his school they were putting on a play and so one of the bullies turned out that, that they were gonna play the prince in this play. So Rafi had thought what he can do is he can make, he can sew the costumes. So he made this cape. So once he made this cape that the prince, the bully said, well, I'm the prince, that should be my cape. But then all of a sudden he was working with Rafi. You know what I mean? He was saying, 
oh, well, Rafi made this cape for me because I'm the prince of the play. And, and everyone just started looking at Rafi differently, thinking, oh my God, he's going to be a famous designer one day. So I should, you know, <laughs> you know, and then it, so it's just as always is the case when it comes to bullying and any kind of, uh, it's, it's not knowing what you're dealing with, you know, and, and being more informed and uh, have, you, you learn to appreciate someone's skill and someone with and why you appreciate why someone is different and that that difference is actually quite wonderful and and can be a good thing absolutely uh, i feel that we as humans uh, the entire species we're afraid of something that we don't know and absolutely. so if if we see something that is different and we're not we're not having in, any information about it so we immediately our reaction is something negative i don't know why our mode is become like that maybe it's out of protection or i don't know uh, and because of this uh, tell me no I'm, go ahead I, I was gonna say that, well as, as you were saying i i totally agree it's this this idea of something that we don't understand makes us uncomfortable and then we don't know how to react to it. And instead of sort of taking a breath and trying to understand it, which would make things better, we react immediately. Right, absolutely. Uh, that, then that leads me to my next question, gender stereotypes. Um, now I'm talking all of this in context of children as a parent, uh, how would we approach children? So gender deals with whether someone is a male or a female. Now, despite many roles men and women play in today's world, some people still judge others based on how they think that males and females should act. Mm -hmm. While stereotypes are ideas about how people will act based on the group to which they belong. Many children grow up identifying certain characteristics as you know, cooking is done by girls or going out and earning is done by boys. So these stereotypes have been created by society. They see their parents following them and that's how they grow up. Now, if I have to explain this to a child, how do I do it? Uh, for example, a stereotype would be that uh, women are good at cleaning or men are good at making things. Like you said, they're good at STEM. These stereotypes might be unfair or limiting to children as they grow up and decide what they like to do, what careers they strive for or what sports they want to play. So what are your thoughts on these gender stereotypes which are already existing in our society? As you say, it's like they need to be changed and, and they need to be understood better. And I think that, that here, um, and there certainly has been, as I said, uh, there's been a lot of change in the United States and, and, uh, and England about that kind of uh, 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 sort of changing the stereotype of something, but it still prevails. And um, it's the idea that, you know, well, athleticism and sports, when it's aggressive, that shouldn't be a girl thing. Um, or, you know, that was, or as we were saying earlier, knitting, that shouldn't be, that should be not be a boy's thing. And it also, um, it also comes from just the physical uh, person, like, like, you know, one of the uh, issues often is, surprisingly so, is like if a, if a boy has hair below their shoulders, then people think, well, that's, you know, that's Girly. a little, yeah, I, if one of the, when I was putting out the book, one of the first uh, countries to buy it was Italy. And much to my surprise, they had written to us and said, would, can the illustrator 
shorten the length of the hair of Rafi in this book oh. because right now it looks too girly. And we but were just that's like, well, what the book is about. That's exactly what we said. We said, well, you know, we we understand what you're saying, but the, that's kind of what the book is saying. Um, but we we you know we shortened the hair a little bit. It's the same thing when we when the book went to China. Uh, they said, well, we can't have we can't have a blonde. My, Rafi, my godson, happens to be blonde, and mm-hmm. um, they said we can't have a blonde lead character in a book. Oh. You know, it's like, okay. So we were we were willing to do that, but it's it's. But those things are immediate. It's really interesting how even today, I mean, I remember a period when when uh, boys started putting earrings um, on their, you know, just one earring or for instance or whatever, and people just immediately made the assumption that, well, obviously that's because of a certain sort of predilection that they were going, you know, yes. which is not true, you know, it's, but it's just people have this in their mind. And the other issue, and what's interesting to me, um, is it because people, I don't, I don't want to take this on a totally different uh, road, but people mm. are, are so repressed and so uh, private and, and about sex, right? And I think that one of the strange things about all of these issues is that it, it tends to jump that fence of like, this isn't about who the child is. It's about like, oh, their sexuality. But none of this is about sexuality. You know, the, uh, a child, a, a boy child who wears pink has nothing to say that he's eventually going to decide that they're like LGBTQ. It's, it has nothing to do with that. Even even go, wearing heels on the occasion doesn't mean that. And none of these, and the more you focus on that aspect of it, that's what frightens parents a lot, I think, is there, or adults a lot. They're often frightened of like, how will this appear in front of other people? Yeah, absolutely. So what you're referring, uh, what you're referring to is the gender identity as to how the child will identify himself when he grows up. And if eventually he happens to choose himself uh, to choose to express his gender as of the opposite sex than his birth gender, then somewhere down the line, the parents might be blamed. That's because you had exposed the child to, you know, be open about whatever you want, open up all your choices. And that's the reason why people are afraid to venture into gender neutral parenting, I feel. Yeah, and, and, but it's and, but the, what they have to realize is that First of all, it, it's not about that, right? It's, a, it's about just letting, it's as we were saying earlier, it's about letting a child try on different skins and try and figure out who they are and what they want to be. And the more you give a child, the more advanced they become because their knowledge is so much more expanded. And then, and then they can learn to make choices. You, it's not about it's not about focusing in on on what you're trying to create. I mean, I and I do think there's a lot of a lot of that. I mean, I think there's a lot of sort of quote unquote evolved parents who think, well, if my child is and they want to name their child as someone who's going to be gay, and then they sort of point them in that direction, that's not healthy either. You know, you have right. you have to let a child explore who they are on all as many levels as possible, and you know, and they get they occasionally get hurt, not physically in the way, but Emotionally, this is how they learn, and and this is how you grow into a whole human being. And the more this gets back to the very beginning, which is that the more you can make a child become a whole human individual as best as possible, because it's never never really possible. But the right. best you can do, then they don't. Then that helps them not become victims of bullying and teasing and all the other uh, toxic things that happen in the world, because they sit there and they say, look. 
my name is Craig. This is what I am, who I am. And, you know, these people don't understand and I understand them for that. So we actually need to raise more confident kids. Uh, you know, those yeah. who but are able to empathize. Tell me. I'm sorry, I, did, I missed what you said. Oh, no, I was saying that these kids need to be confident uh, to be accepting their own flaws, whatever it is, and their strengths. And if once the person is confident and then he's faced with someone who says, no, no, what you're doing isn't right. The child should be confident enough to say, this is who I am. This is the way I am. You either be friends with me or you don't be friends with me. I mean, I think that, uh, I just think it's it's so important. And I, I again, I, I credit parents because I know that it's not difficult and there's nothing harder than seeing your child upset for whatever reason. Um, but watching Rafi, again, my godson, watching him go through this when he was uh, being teased or bullied because of the knitting until everyone understood that he had talent knitting and that he could do things for them and then people turned around and were like, oh, you know, you could really do this. And you're really, and they started to be proud of him. And he was able to let the teasing sort of roll off his back because he was, he was like, no, this is, I know how to do this and I'm going to do it well and I'm going to do it better. And it became him, he gave him, as you said, more confidence to sort of um, continue what his skill. And it gave him, and he got better at the skill because of that as well. And so he did not be, he, was not a victim of the of everything around him that was negative right uh so something heavy coming up on your way toxic masculinity feminism these words are thrown around a lot lately so let's talk a bit about toxic masculinity first uh, researchers have defined it in part as a set of behaviors and beliefs uh, they include uh, a man is supposed to be suppressing his emotions or masking distress, uh, maintaining an appearance of hardness, and it should consider violence as an indicator of power. You know, the tough guy behavior, that's the way they exhibit it. In other words, toxic masculinity is what can come of teaching boys that they can't express emotions openly. If they do so, they will appear to be vulnerable, emotional, or more feminine, or more weak. So they got to be the tough guy at all times. So what are your thoughts on these? And where do these behaviors stem from? What can we do to change them? Well, these, these are the, the words that need to be changed. I mean, you know, masculinity should include um, emotional being. It shouldn't include, you know, it's and feminism. It, even feminism has sort of a, what's weird is it has sort of a masculine tone to it. You know, it's like, feminism, you know, as opposed to feminism. I mean, it, it, we have to, <laughs> we have to uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's just, to me, it's mind boggling. And it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, it's just, a, we, we live in a, uh, even still in a world and it's gotten a lot better. And it's also cyclical. I mean, that's the other thing, these kind of human behaviors, they don't go away. They're just cyclical. I mean, and I think that we have to find a way where masculinity part of what's proud of masculinity is being a whole emotional human being, you know, that you, yes, you can cry. Yes, you can, you know, and, and you can watch a romantic comedy and cry. I mean, yeah, it's like, exactly. That's like the most non-masculine thing ever to do. Do you want yeah. to watch a rom-com? No, an action thriller, please. What is, where's yeah. the justification from? 
And what does, and, well, and also, I mean, why is feminism, when you say feminism, I, I mean, I think of uh, a lot of people say feminism is, is well, well, those are the women who wear the flannel shirts and they have short hair and they're really tough. It's like, you know, it's like that. It's I not, think you can call like, it yet another stereotype, something that we aim to help us, but now is being used against us. They've made a stereotype exactly. out of that as well. Just from your appearance, one will be able to depict, okay, so she must be pretty head on and feminist. But how do we free people from these ideas? That's the thing. You, it, and, and the thing is, once you're free of them, you, you yourself become a, a totally more engaged uh, and helpful person in the world. I mean, that's just what it is. So, um, but it's, it's, it's hard because, as, uh, you know, there recently, there's so many articles about all of this stuff. And recently, there have been all these new laws regarding uh, TV ads and, uh, and uh, ads in general, you know, um, and it's a fascinating thing that how that's changed, you know, like now you see commercials where men do the laundry, which by the way, didn't men always do laundry? <laughs> well, not that I know of, but yeah, maybe. Oh, really? <laughs> I know, in, in America, we would see all these things and I would be like, I don't know, my dad did the laundry. I don't know what it's like, you know? Um, but it's the same thing, I, I, I get really um, anxious. We have this big pull in America of women taking over the film industry, you know, uh, which, you know, we, I don't, I don't think anything should be taken over. But I think what's interesting is that, so there are, there's a group of women, very powerful women in the movie industry and TV and entertainment industry. And they're doing these movies that are basically the old fashioned male movies, but just replacing the women. I'm like, well, so you think that the way to be feminist is to do a movie where you can be as horrible as men can be? Like, I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think that should be the point, you know? Isn't there something more that, that you have to say as a woman that is more important than like, oh yeah, I too can be a, a secret agent and kill people. Well, I, you know, I don't think that's the answer. You need not to be, is the point here. Yeah, I, I, that, has, that has got to change to me. I, I just, you know, it's, I mean, I understand that it's where the money is, uh, but you know, mm -hmm. it, it, then they wonder why the behaviors are the way they are and why people treat people the way they treat them. It's, uh, yeah, feminism is like a whole total di different topic for discussion. Let's leave that for another day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, coming back to kids and parents. So how can we inculcate the thought process in our kids that it's okay to be different since we started on with Rafi? and how he was different from the other guys and he got bullied for that. So how do we tell our kids that uh, we are all built to be unique? Well, what, what uh, Ravi was very lucky um, with, you know, his parents and me and the people around him and that not only were we very supportive of his differences, but um, without encouraging them. I, I, I'm trying to figure out a way to say that that makes sense to people. Um, because I think that people worry that if you, um, that allowing a child to sort of uh, go ahead with these impulses that they have, that it, mm -hmm. that it encourages behavior. And I, I'm not trying to tell people to encourage a particular behavior. I'm just saying that if there's an impulse that a child has, you should let them explore it. And, and you know, they may get tired of it, they may continue it, but that's how they find out what works for them. And uh, so that's, and Rafi was very lucky in that way. And, and even, even among us, we had differences of opinions. Um, you know, 
I would I would say I'm sorry that I wasn't the parent. I would have handled it better. But <laughs> 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 I hope his parents else. are hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, and I was gonna, I always laugh because you know people are always like, yeah, well, it's easy for you to say. Uh, that's yeah. true. I mean, you're right. I'm not the parent. I, I'm not. I'm not emotionally. I as as tied as and as I am. I'm not emotionally there to witness a child begin to cry about something that I can't stop. So, and I, and um, unless it's actually in my presence and, and, uh, and even then to make that calculation of, you know, something, he should cry. He's allowed to cry. <laughs> you know, it's like, and part of it is this whole protectionism is, is a real issue here in America anyway. It's like, you, you know, you can't, you know, a kid has to cry. A kid has and to that's fall That's actually a part of general parenting all around the world. I call it a maternal instinct. In fact, the moment you see a child crying, you've got to run and what's the matter? And you just got to know a way that in which you can ease your child's pain. And I have found uh, in my journey of parenting that uh, crying helps. It has helped my child so much, you know, they just cry it out. You speak about it for a few minutes and the next minute they've forgotten and they've got rolled over their back. So I don't know yeah. why people live with the notion that, no, no, you shouldn't cry. It's okay. You're a big boy. Come on, go. Let them live with it and get over with it. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, and no one is saying you can't be by them while it's happening to sort of support them as they're going through it, but to try and prevent it and to try preventing it is, and also not even just preventing it, but as you're saying, to try and, to try and stop it was it's the worst thing is to try and stop it when it's happening. You know, right. but to, and and then the other the other thing behind that is trying as you see something happening to try and prevent it from happening. You know, because when you do that, then you get these then you get children who are entitled in a way that's so unrealistic in the world because they feel like well nothing ever happens to me. You know, because I don't have to go through all of this stuff because I'm special and I'm my own. And you know, and they live in this little bubble that they don't have to uh, they don't have to engage with everybody else because they're they're who they are. Um, and none of these are good ways to raise a child. I mean, I mean, as we've been saying through this whole thing, you know, you have to you have to let the children experience themselves and each other and the world. And that's the only way to live in the world because they're going to have to get out in the world. Your job as a parent is to help them be confident enough, or you know, and Lord knows none of us are confident enough, but to help them <laughs> at least be able to get out into the world and live their lives among other people. You're not trying to make it so they can live in this one little block area and never go anywhere else. Absolutely. If they don't uh, get a taste of what actual real life looks like, then it'll be very difficult for them when they actually have to step out of the house. Thank so, you so much, Craig. That was an insightful session. <laughs> I hope so. I thought it was insightful as well. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, apart from the few heavy topics like masculinity and feminism, but it was amazing and funny also. Well, we, and the thing is, we can we could talk about these things uh, as uh, individually in many, many, many other sessions as well. But even Absolutely. but I I find it insufferable because just hearing your versions of things and my being able to, I think we also need to tell parents that engaging out loud, venting, talking out loud, talking to each other, this is how we all learn uh, um, how to take care of each other. Absolutely. Guys, you can connect with Craig on his social media and through his website. His book, Made by Ruffy, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and you can find all the links in the show notes below. Thank you once again, Craig. Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you. Thank you. Stay safe.
Before we sign off, here is a letter published by the famous children's toy company, Lego, back in the year 1970s. It said, the urge to create is equally strong in all children, boys and girls. It's the imagination that counts, not the skill. You build whatever comes in your head, the way you want it, a bed or a truck, a dollhouse or a spaceship. A lot of boys like dollhouses. They're more human than spaceships. While a lot of girls prefer spaceships, they're more exciting than dollhouses. The most important thing is to put the right material in their hands and let them create whatever appeals to them. Take care, you guys. That's it for today. Do subscribe to my podcast so you will be notified each time a new episode is online. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn as Dr. Mommy Speaks. Don't forget to like and review our podcast wherever you listen. It will help others to find this podcast. And you can visit our website drmommyspeaks.com forward slash podcast for all our show notes and any resources mentioned by me or my guests. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. Until then, happy parenting!